Hey everybody, welcome back to the Marine Corps Movie Minute, where we're continuing to break down movies of the Marine Corps one minute at a time. Today we're doing minute number 117, and I'm Jack. I'm Billy. And uh, today again, it's the last day of this week, the Wilder Ride Boys. Welcome back, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. We really appreciate the uh, the invite back. Yeah, anytime. It's, uh, it's been a fun week. Um, today, Gunny gets woke. <laughs> and it looks like uh, he, he uh, passes the torch to um, to the next leader of recon. So let's, uh, let's tear it. Yeah, in. and there's a there's a great recap of one of the first lines he utters to these guys when he first meets them, which I think Walt is one of his favorite lines in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, that is just such a a great gunny highway line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah. want to do you want to say it or? <laughs> Oh yeah, well I, I I always butcher the lines anyway, but <laughs> Me too. he says it, it, um, just because we're holding hands, that doesn't mean we're going to be taking lukewarm showers to the wee hours of the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I love that for so many reasons, but one of them is that is just such a great insult to throw at one of your friends, yeah. and there's no response that they can come back yeah. with. No, yeah, no. Like, what do you say? What do you mean you don't want to shower with me? Like, that, that, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it it is random, but yeah, when you fa- when you when, like Alan said, if you factor in what he said to those guys, he goes, I'm not here because I want to take warm showers with you assholes. <laughs> Gunny and Chuzu in this movie have such great lines that I don't think normal people would ever say in real life. <laughs> no. Well, you know, one of the things you said in the, in, in the Monday minute uh, earlier this week, at the beginning of the week, when we started this uh, week of, of, of these three minutes, was how it kind of circles around. That's what I love about how that line is an echo back to when he first meets these guys. And I love it that he's being revived by one of the guys he first is just disgusted by. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and to say the same line, but you know it's almost said in a different way. Like it's almost said now as a, we're fellow soldiers, we're fellow Marines now. Before it was, you guys are like nothing but just maggot-infested, you know, jerk-offs. Mm-hmm. Now... Your fellow Marines. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, because it's, it's, I mean, you see uh, right away, Mario Van Peebles is like, don't die, man. And he's like, Gunny, because he's not responding. <laughs> and he goes, you know, Clint Eastwood heard all that. You know, it's like he goes right into his, his insult, but it's his insult of affection. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Because yeah, there's actually a little funny bit. Uh, the, their interaction after that is still funny, too, because he said, um, I thought you were dead, man. And he says, he goes, he goes, he goes wishful thinking. Yeah. <laughs> that is a great line. Yeah. But, but a whole, the whole little bit. And it's, it's almost like he has a little bit of a smirk. What, what he says that, you know, you hear me, <laughs> but even, yeah, but even uh, like Jones is amused by that whole little bit. Cause he's like, man, I thought you were dead. And he's, he helps him up and he's, he's, he's relieved and happy and excited. And yeah. now they're all, they're all standing around, you know, of course now they're not looking at Gunny. They're looking at Lieutenant ring, which is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, like I've joked many times. I'm like, I, in a million years, I would have never come up with a line like that, <laughs> but no, but it's something, this is another quotable line from this movie that I have used in my real life because of Clint Eastwood. Oh yeah. I have too. 
I have too. But it, it's it is so not politically correct. It no. is so like uh, you you know, you have to be careful where you use it, but it is a, an amazing line. And I have actually sent this clip to my brother. Um, like, I, you know, the YouTube clip of it, um, he'll start, you know, complaining about something or, you know, being a wuss. And so I'll just shoot this clip to him and he's like, yeah, okay, I got you. <laughs> well, th- you know, and that's the thing about like we Perry and I have actually brought this up a few times and it's come up throughout like some of these lines are not politically correct, as you stated. And it's it's, you know, some of the stuff that if this movie was filmed today probably wouldn't have been wouldn't have been inserted. But it's accurate to how military guys talk and, and probably yeah. even still to this day, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. especially the, like this is fairly harmless this is just two guys talking shit to each other though you know it, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it and so and you insult your friend any way you can really <laughs> yeah every chance you get yeah in the grand scheme of things that's really not that bad but yes yeah, some people somebody can look at it and then go well you know it's it's bothersome or troublesome or problematic i think is the terminology people use nowadays it's it's probably somebody that's never been shot at or punched in the mouth <laughs> So yeah, I would agree with you. <laughs> I think it's a funny line and it's, it's, it's a great little bit, uh, between these two guys that have kind of come along this whole time. Yeah. And when you think about where they've come from at the beginning to now, uh, it really is an, an incredible, uh, change in character, particularly for, um, for Mario Van Peebles. You know, it would have been really funny if, if Mario Van Peebles, character, if, uh, if Stitch Jones started just going through Gunny's pockets. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been amazing. (laughs) He could have stole this Cuban cigar that Gunny stole off the Cuban he killed earlier. Yeah. (laughs) But up the same way, but he's just going, Gunny, Gunny, and he's going through his pockets. (laughs) Well, and he he already knows, though, that he's the only one who brought his wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you mentioned that because there's something that I meant to mention uh, on Monday and I totally forgot, so I'm going to do it now. Uh, so Stitch Jones goes to war with his plastic, right? Mm-hmm. But apparently when he goes on leave and goes on his worldwide tour, he doesn't bring his plastic because he had to <laughs> steal money from Gunny Highway just to get back to base. So where you know, did he learn his lesson to always be prepared? Because <laughs> he was not prepared when he's out on the road. Yeah, being not prepared gets his ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, gets right. his earring ripped out of his ear. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So after they pick up Gunny right away, Gunny Gunny knows what needs to be done next. They, they're not they're not going to wait for Major Powers as he was instructed. They're going to go take that take that fucking hill, as they said. Yeah. But he he says, you know, well, Lieutenant, what are we waiting for? And that now this is where you get the more kick ass Lieutenant Ring. Let's come on, you Devil Dogs. Let's take that fucking hill. I like yeah. that he threw in the Devil Dogs. Yeah, ow, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the the cheers that Recon gives, and I, I laugh because every time I look at it, Swede is just like super intense behind Gunny Highway, just like, like flexing and like, yeah! <laughs> Not a single one of those Marines yelled, oorah. And that is definitely nope. what would have happened in real yeah, life. <laughs> yeah, I, I wondered about that too. I, that was definitely missing from this. Yeah, that that was a oorah moment as if, if, uh, if there ever was one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. this is a question I have for you guys because uh, I may be Hollywoodized with the Marines mm-hmm. because I had a buddy of mine that when I was with IBM a while ago, I had a guy who was an ex-Marine. He went by a nickname, Devil Dog. We obviously, we always chatted about our, our stories about boot camp and training. and But 
We always used to say oorah, but that was in the 90s and the 2000s. Would it have been that same phrase in the early 80s? I want to say it probably would have been. Ura was one of those things in the Marine Corps that nobody ever really knew where it came from. Okay, so it had been universal, because I was wondering if it was more recent. I say recent, 90s, like 30 (laughs) years ago, right? But um, Wait, what? For me, I always always heard, like, Marine Corps, Ura, you know, and Devil Dog, Ura. You know, like, everybody would just say that as sort of like the next, like, hey, I say this, you say that, you know, and that's how you just do it. Um, but I, would, I didn't know if in the early 80s if that was a thing. Oh, I mean, it could have been, but then again, it could be some more hand-me-down shit from the Navy that they would have just like, yeah, we're done with this phrase. Here, Marines, you guys can have it. And then she gave it to us, and we never knew where it came from. Like, I'm trying to think if, like, in Full Metal Jacket they did oorah, and I'm pretty sure they did, right? They could have. I don't know where it came from, man. I never heard Well, I'm not it. saying it came from Full Metal Jacket, but I'm just trying to think of the time frame. It would have no, been... No no, 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 like where the actual phrase, oorah, would have came from. Like, I don't know where... Like, it's one of those things. It's like, it's, it doesn't... It, it, and, and I've heard dozens of... Well, I've heard dozens of stories, but none of them sound like... Yep, no. It's like it's like the answer to a riddle. It's like, you know it when you hear it. No, I have no. no idea. Marines... <laughs> the, the internet has an idea. The Marines and, uh, Marines and historians have determined that true origins of Ura lie with the recon Marines, ah, ironically, stationed in Korea in 1953. Also ironically, because <laughs> Gunny was in <laughs> Korea. During this time, reconnaissance Marines of the 1st Amphibious Reconnaissance Company found themselves traveling via submarine. Oh, great. Now i got to click through, so I'm, I'm reading it like I know, and then I have to keep going <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, i thought you were just saying that you're, yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. like google I'm like yeah. oh my god you got google you got google caught <laughs> yeah exactly um it, it's actually it says yeah it was it's probably from uh within the last 50 years but it said it was popular popularized okay so it would have been around at this time yeah in the 80s and 90s is when it became really engaged in uh um Although it said emerged from murky secrecy of the Marine reconnaissance through the drill instructors and other Marines in the 80s and 90s. So, yeah, it, it um, it's oh, been around. I so, just, yeah. Okay, I just pulled up an article that was because they were, obviously, the Marines were part of the Navy, and so they would always be there to protect the admirals or captains of ships. And when the sound of a submarine was diving, it made that ah sound when they were diving. That's where the ah comes yeah. from. Yeah, there, there you uh-huh. go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I just, I am, I am this many years old when I just learned that. Yeah. Oh. Honestly, same. <laughs> Arura. I, oh my God. That's the same sound the freaking submarine makes when it's about to dive. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> See, Thank you for inviting us. I now have an answer for trivia night. So. Yeah. <laughs> we are an educational podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that either. That's interesting. And, you know, there's a Navy element to it. So there you go. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, we always joke because I was Navy, you guys Marines. But we always joked about, um, you know, that the, the Marines ride in our vehicles, they ride in our stuff. Um, but when it came down to it, every admiral had a Marine detachment protecting them. So when it comes down to it, we know who the real, you know, badasses are. <laughs> Keep your cranium safe. Yeah, exactly. And your daughter's safer. <laughs> in crayons, yeah. Look, all I know is when I joined the Navy, they said, you know what it stands for? And I go, no, it says never again volunteer yourself. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I was I was like to tease my dad, who was an Army vet, Vietnam Army vet. I always say, U.S. Army ain't ready for Marines yet. 
<laughs> That's great. Well, my dad was career career army. He was a colonel in the army, and he told me when I enlisted, he said, "Pick anything, just don't go army." <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I, I actually uh, when I signed up, I was I was uh, seventeen, so I was not of age yet. So I had to get my parents' permission. So I had to jump through some hoops. So I had to go speak to the army and the navy recruiter before uh before my dad so and apply to college but before my dad signed off on it and uh and, and so i you know i went and saw the navy guy and he goes eh that's different enough from what you're what the marines are so he goes you don't have to see anybody else because <laughs> I, I was like no i'm still doing marines I'm still doing although looking back Navy, Air Force is the way to go, actually. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. If you want the cush ride, sure, yeah. go Air Force. Yeah, I've got a buddy who was Air Force who was like, we had air conditioning in boot camp. I was oh. like, yeah. that doesn't <laughs> sound right. No. Okay, at some, okay, I know this is Friday, so when we get to the end, can we tell like our, our worst boot camp story? Because I've got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Why not? You know, let's, let's let people know what it's like to actually go to boot camp. I actually went to boot camp when they still use like CS gas, but they had introduced the stress cards. And I'm like, what the hell? You can't put up a card in the middle of a fight and go, hey, I'm feeling really bad right now. Here's my stress card. You got to stop yelling at me. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Can you imagine if like Stitch or like a Ponte pulled out a stress card for Gunny Highway? <laughs> like, was, he would have oh bit the stress card in half and punched you. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. And you know what? Did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know we're in a touchy-feely kind of like modern world, but I'm sorry. When you hire people in the military to do things, the military's job is to kill people and break things. You're, you're in a different class, and you need to let them realize what they're in for. And this whole idea of stress cards and using peppermint spray instead of CS gas in the gas chamber and all that, oh, that's bullshit. You need to that. really expose people. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. No, mm -hmm. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, we did the CS gas too. That's, oh yeah, yeah, we did CS. That's just so. Wow. Yeah, because <laughs> well, even even when when we went through in mid nineties, the the DIs used to talk, and this was before stress cards and all that crap. You just <laughs> threw yeah. at us that I that was, was not aware of. I, I heard about it, but that was legendary because there was a lot of people that like. Well, that, you guys are the Marines. Everything kind of like you guys got it last. Like the Navy had stress cards in the early nineties. I was like, what the? Thankfully. Never once did I ever. I, I when I got done boot camp, I'm like, hey, by the way, you can have these back. I was never gonna say this is too stressful for me. You know, no. I don't care how much you cycled me, ran me. I don't. I wasn't about to do that. That's, but I noticed no, you carry one up. now. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> you know, what the hell, Walt? <laughs> I wish podcasting. I had one. <laughs> I wish I had one now. But yeah, I didn't, never in a million years would I ever think to, to pull that out in boot camp because it's like oh. just keep your head down and your mouth shut and get through it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll right. tell you when exactly. you should get one. You should get one when you have kids. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The minute you have kids, the doctor should just hand you a stress card. Yeah. Yeah, they they would ignore it anyway. Yeah, well, that's true. Or they'd think we're winning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, actually, what it is is it's a uh, you know your tenth beer free at your local bar, and then. Oh uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm here good to times. put all these in. <laughs> yeah, they used to tell us in boot camp that the mothers of America were ruining the Marine Corps because they had to be softer on us than when they went through. Which I, I'm yeah. pretty sure every single. DI has said that to every preceding <laughs> platoon after that, but because yeah. even then they would, they'd, you know, like, cause they weren't technically allowed to swear at us, but 
they did. Oh, I can tell you this. I know they weren't supposed to, but, but, they but did. we, uh, in the, the Navy, uh, we, I went to Orlando. Like, there's three Navy bases for a boot camp. There's uh, Great Mistakes up in, Mich- uh, up in Michigan. Um, we're supposed to be Great Lakes, but there's Club Diego, San Diego out in the West Coast. I went to Orlando in fucking July oh, for man. boot camp. Like, that was really thinking. Um, but Because that was the only base that would do both males and females, and because there were female recruits... They decided they need to have female DIs. And so I had a male and a female DI. They both shared drill instructor duties. This woman had just gotten knocked up, left alone, and the the man had abandoned her. She fucking hated men, and she was in charge of our platoon. I was like, oh, goody. So <laughs> she cycled our asses so hard. I was like, I, I, I feel like I was being abused. <laughs> it was great. But by the end... We had a great time and laughed a lot, but I'm telling you, she was a, she was worse than the than, than the male. I was like, Jesus, this woman feels like she could just do anything to us. Yep. <laughs> but you probably came out better for whatever you went and did next. With impunity. oh, you know what? I I loved it. I will tell you this. I know we're off topic, but um, I was a couple years older because I went in when I after I'd got my first year of college under me, and I realized I can't afford it, so I needed the GI Bill. So I enlisted after college uh, or one year. And I remember, uh, you know, you you start making friends with the guys in your in your group and your platoon, and we were talking, and I remember these guys saying, "Holy shit! Like that day one, you were the only one who had like military bearing. You like looked ahead. I was like, well, my dad was career colonel, and so the hardest thing was I was trying not to laugh when only when they were yelling at me because I kept thinking about Full Metal Jacket the whole time, <laughs> and I was like, just don't laugh, just don't laugh. I don't need yeah. to be labeled private joker. Stop it! Don't do that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, they or in the Navy, semen joker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they intentionally do stuff to make you laugh and lose your bearing. I mean, some of the stuff they do is legit funny, especially yeah. especially the further on you go in boot camp. The, yeah. The, the you know the horrifying stuff starts to kind of die down a little, and uh, <laughs> and and the and the fuck fuck games and the jokes they start coming out because they got to entertain themselves too. And part of it is they oh do, exactly yeah. And they I mean some funny shit does go on, and, but they do want you to lose that bearing because when you do, they can fuck with you even more. <laughs> oh, the best the best thing that happened to us, and and you knew the people that were like cracked in our group and those who were like got it. We were in, in class like all day. We come back to our barracks. Every one of the DIs must have spent hours taking all of our shirts, shorts, socks, everything out of our foot lockers, everything out of our drawers, tying them together. They dismantled bunks. They reassembled them in the showers. They completely destroyed our barracks. It was like shirts hanging like, like streamers from the freaking ceiling. And we walked in and they were like, what the fuck is good? You get it. We had an hour to get it clean. And I remember people crying like, this isn't right. This isn't how we left it. I'm like, oh, come on. Fucking suck it up, buttercup. They just had a good time. We just need to like get our shit together, fold it, and put it back. I mean, to me, I thought it was cool. People just cracked under that kind of pressure. So, you know, they, I mean, they, ne- they never got that creative with us. They just usually, one time they made uh, Mount Sarabachi. Which is <laughs> where the uh, you know where the Marines raise a flag, um, uh, the, the famous yeah, the yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So what do so they maybe just throw all our shit? We walked around after being at the rifle range all day and threw all the shit in a pile, and then we put our guide on in the, in the top of it for the flag. And they go, they go, he goes, you know what that is? And somebody said, all our shit, sir. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, no, it isn't. It's, <laughs> that's fucking Mount Sarabachi. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he gave us like five minutes to get all our shit back in, in our footlockers before lights out. So, you know, the, the, the key is you grab whatever you can, you throw it in your footlocker, and then at night, you, everybody walk around and hand your shit back to yeah. where it actually right, belongs. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think everybody probably had whatever, some variation of the, where the DIs just fucking just tornadoed your barracks oh, and yeah. you were responsible for fixing it. Yeah. And it quickly too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you get to do it again. Oh, yeah. I will tell you, we had uh we had an inspection. I, I don't know how many times you guys did an inspection, but we had to do like three or four times where we had to like like stand at attention, ready, everybody's gonna be like giving it a, a full inspection. And this dude's back button popped off of his of his dungarees for the Navy. And he's like crying. I mean, literally, he's crying, he's like, I'm gonna get I'm like, dude, get a needle, get a thread, and then <laughs> some dumbass. Okay, it's a dumb story. You can cut this from the from the podcast if you want to. So some dumbass, we've got black buttons and black threads. So he gets a white piece of thread <laughs> for his dungarees oh and, and threads the needle for me. Because I'm like, look, I've, I've sewn buttons before. I can do this. Uh, let me get dressed, and I will take care of sewing your button on. Don't take your pants off. Keep them on. I will take care of it while, while, you're, while it's there. And I was like, holy shit, you fucking, you did white thread. Like you can't have white thread. It's gotta be black thread. I was like, I don't know. I'm like, what the fuck you didn't know? We're wearing black. So, anyways, I did it. I was like, somebody get me a sharpie. And as soon as I finished, I like used the sharpie and I and I inked the uh, white and t- turned it black. We all got <laughs> and just in the nick of time as they came in for inspection. And I was like, that was the most fun thing that I did. I was like, holy shit! Like I was able to get dressed. Everybody's getting dressed. I sewing needle and I'm threading a fucking button and putting it on before the inspection. It was. I mean, those are the stories where people that don't join the military don't appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. how do you, some of it you can't explain because if you haven't been in it, I mean, you can yeah. tell the story, but if you don't really get, you know, experience it, you don't really get the, the, like the pressure you're under or yeah. the, you know, like you said, like improvise, adapt, overcome. There you go. He had a problem. He exactly. He adapted. He overcame. <laughs> and just in the you nick have of time to. too. <laughs> and you know what? That's the whole thing about boot camp. And I kept trying to explain to some of the guys and actually some of them started to get it. I'm like, look. Nobody gives a shit if you know how to fold your shirt. Nobody gives a shit if you know how to fold a towel. That's not the point. The point is, can you follow fucking instructions and do it exactly the same every time so we can rely on you? Because mm-hmm. that's really what they're teaching you. Well, one of my friends who is a, a former Marine, he said that the realization hit him sometime about three or four weeks in where he said, you know, they are preparing me for the possibility that I might have to endure the most horrifying, terrifying and worst thing I could ever deal with. And that's being in combat. Mm-hmm. And if they can break me down and rebuild me to get me ready for something like that, they very well may save my life. And I think that that perspective for him was what he needed to be able to get through it and to appreciate what was going on. And, um, I, I, I get that, you know, I, I haven't been through boot camp, but I get that. That's what they're doing. And I write that check to the IRS every freaking year. I think, okay, <laughs> it's going to the right, you know, some of this is going to the right place. It's yeah. building people who are going to have to do horrible things to defend our country. Well, and you know what? And I don't know if it's because of the military. I think maybe a little bit. I, when people that I run into in the, in like the civilian world think they are they're being hit with challenges and I look at what their quote challenges are. I'm like, you have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Yeah. And I've got such a better perspective. It takes a lot to bring me down now. Thanks to my career in the military, because I realize what I can overcome, what I can do, you know, the kind of challenges I can handle. 
And so I think it's an awesome thing. I almost wish they made it a mandatory thing again. I think more people would be better citizens, better people, better, better patriots, better Americans if they had to serve for a couple of years in the military. It definitely gives you a different perspective of things. And I definitely think there is a it's a unique camaraderie when you go through something like that with somebody, even if it's not combat. And and it's just a different worldview that I think, I mean, not, you know, not everybody thinks the same, obviously coming out of boot camp, but it's just, you always joke. It's like, you see all these people who are having trouble nowadays. And then it's like, some of you never had a barracks party or sat next to a guy, you know, reading the their mail when you're on the shitter together, like, and it shows, <laughs> right. you know, that yeah. type of thing. It's like, you a lot of that shit just goes away when you go through some of this stuff with these guys. And right. it, it, it's, and it, it is, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's, I like that. I like that the people who are there are there because they want to be there for the most part, it, you know? So it, it, like, I'd hate to up, upset that dynamic, but not enough people appreciate. And it, and it would be, it, it is a good way to get a different perspective on things, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, I wish they kind I'm of, I'm a firm, I'm a firm believer that if you spare anybody, I don't a, a civilian or military life, if you try to shelter somebody from adversity, they don't gain the tools they need later in life when the real shit hits the fan. Yeah. You know, you get last, you get picked last for kickball. That's not the end of the world. It may feel like it when you're in third grade, but when you can cope with that, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> if you can cope with it early, you develop the skills you need. And honestly, that's what boot camp's all about. It teaches you the skills you're going to need to overcome challenges and adversity and harsh conditions. Because yeah. honestly, I'd rather be in boot camp for the rest of my life than go to combat. You know, if it comes down to it, pick, where do you want to go? You want to go to boot camp again? Or do you want to go like, you know, combat? Uh, you know, hey, the chances are I'm not going to die in boot camp. I'm okay. I'll go to boot camp. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. It's it's really it's it's to test your metal and to really give you a better perspective that it could be worse. It really could. And boot camp teaches you how to overcome that sense of okay, yeah, I've been dealt with a bunch of shit right now, but I can manage this. I can handle it. And it really builds a lot of character. Oh, for sure. Well, I would guess too that the entire rest of the time that you're in the Marine Corps or, or the Navy or whatever military branch that you also have that kind of unifying thing with every other Marine or, um, or, or, you know, a person in the Navy or whatever, where you say we have been through boot camp. you know, you have that kind of common ground that all of you who have endured through that makes it, you know, that gives you that camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think so. I think there's that. Yeah, like today, I like especially in the Marine Corps because it's a smaller branch and it's more of like a cult. We always joke. <laughs> it, it, um, you know, like I saw I saw a guy at Walmart today, and he's just an old guy. I don't know him. Um, probably don't have a lot in common. And he was wearing a Marine shirt, and of course, I say hey, Semper Fi. You know, hey Semper Fi. You know, it's just and then we went about our day. Mm -hmm. But it's just it's just a neat little thing where it's like, yeah, you know, I'm in the know. I you know you know I know. It's like a little little nod and. There you go, you know, and it's 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 nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a little. It's like yeah. uh, there's a, a, a shorthand that, that Marines will will share between each other, even if they've never met. It's uh, it's it's unlike anything I've ever seen with any of the other services. Oh yeah, you're you guys are the only ones the the Semper Fi, like the 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 Marine. Uh, excuse me, the the Navy has a a, a call. I think it's Semper Fortis. 
Nobody fucking says Semper Fortis. Nobody says Semper Four. You know, what the fuck? You know, like, what the hell's wrong with you? Semper Four. Uh, it's Semper Five, motherfucker. It's, it's, it's the Marines. You guys own it. It's yours. The Coast Guard has something, but I can't remember what it is. Swim. Uh, yeah, but the swim, swim or die. Yeah. Look out for the sharks. No, seriously. Everybody knows that phrase, Semper Fi. I mean, it just, it's, 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 it's ubiquitous with Marines. And, there's, you know, it may restaurant. be a slogan. You know, but the few, the proud, the Marines, it's true. It really is. Yeah. There's a restaurant in the town where I live called Semper Fi, oh. and they have the best hamburgers. But um, <laughs> we go in there pretty regularly, and I've taken my dad a couple times, and it is like going into um, sort of a military museum, but it's really interesting because it's all stuff that's been donated by either you know former military folks or their families. So you have these great pictures of like the um, the crew on the deck of the USS Saratoga bringing planes in, and uh-huh. um, you have dirt from Iwo, Iwo Jima. You have, mm-hmm. I mean, it is such an incredible thing. And uh, the two guys that run it are old Marines, and I love going in there just because of my respect for the military and the folks who served. Um, but when I took my dad in there, it was like a kid in a candy store. He just, you know, everything, you know, they've got one of the Huey gunship that he flew, the same model, uh, a model of that hanging uh, in one oh, of the wow. rooms. And it's just really amazing um, when you look through that. It's like looking through, you know, 250 years of American history and you really appreciate those guys that have done all that crazy stuff all, over all those years. Uh, to keep us free. And it, it always just makes me um, stop and appreciate that. And, you know, you read about what guys went through in Iwo Jima and Pearl Harbor and, um, you know, going through Europe through World War II and World War I. It, it is nearly impossible to imagine what those folks went through. Um, and, uh, Alan and I talk about this a lot. You know, the movie Jaws is one of our favorite movies, but that scene where the captain's talking about um, getting sunk off of the Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Indianapolis. Yep. Yeah. And you just think none of those guys signed up for that. They had no idea. They, they're going to the Navy. They're riding around on boats. Yeah. Um, nobody anticipated something like that. But uh, the... As a as a non-military person, I, I do come from a military family. My uncle's a um, an Annapolis grad. My other uncle was a, a fighter pilot. My dad, of course, flew Hueys in Vietnam. Um, oh wow! I I really appreciate uh, what you guys signed up for and did. And uh, I when I see a guy in a Marine shirt or you know U.S. Army hat, I always stop and just say you know thank you. Really appreciate your service. And I know that it can probably come across as a little um, shallow at times or whatever, but I really do. And I think most people, most civilians really do appreciate those men and women who are willing to put the uniform on and put their boot in the dirt and, and serve our country and, and keep us safe. Uh, we would not be what we are without you guys. And, uh, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's, uh, well, that doesn't mean we're going to take long showers yeah. until the wee hours of the morning, okay? Damn. Yeah. I thought I had you. I, I expected that shit come from Billy. You're, you're reeling me in. I was about to. <laughs> Look, 
Yeah, you don't got to grease him so much there, Jarhead. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, he's willing and able. Just go ahead and nail it. <laughs> I do believe war has been declared. <laughs> <laughs> Hold this. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Tusky Bell and Gale. And that could God. not have gone more perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> you guys planned that, didn't you? <laughs> this, this, was, this was a bit. Bravo. <laughs> and this is why you guys are the professionals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or something. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, do you guys have any, um, I mean, first off, thanks for all the kind words. I really appreciate that. <laughs> all jokes aside. Uh, but more importantly, we actually really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, I'm glad yeah, we yeah. can make this happen. Yeah. No, that. seriously. I feel bad that it took as long as it did. I know it just feels like sometimes just life gets in the way. Um, but I'm glad you guys didn't give up trying to reach out to us and vice versa. And we were able to finally make something happen because ironically, we talked about you guys in one of our recent episodes that just dropped, uh, on our wilder ride, uh, because Walt has started listening and gave you guys a shout out. And I said, yeah, those guys reached out. We got to get on that fucking show. <laughs> and so here we are. So, yeah. That worked out great. Yeah. Appreciate it. Well, yeah. I would say everything worked out exactly how it was supposed to. So, um, yeah. appreciate it. Well, hopefully we'll be able to do this. Uh, we won't have to wait as long the next time we, we cross paths. Yeah. That'd be, yeah, that'd be great. Right. Yeah. You guys have um, Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly what Perry said or was about to say until I rudely uh, interrupted him. <laughs> I, I, I didn't hear what he said. Sorry. Well, basically you guys are welcome anytime. <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. Um, but uh, that being said, do you guys have any overall final thoughts you want to share about this particular movie in general? I think this is a great, great patriotic swelling film. I mean, Clint Eastwood obviously loves America. Clint Eastwood is a patriot, and he's also one of those, I think, a dying breed of Hollywood actor that I grew up with. That you know, Hollywood used to be pro-America, pro-military, pro-freedom, pro-democracy, and I don't know that we're where we are in 2020, but Clint Eastwood is one of those last, and thankfully still with us, I mean, just turned 90. I mean, he's one of the dying breed of people that the U.S., whatever its scars and flaws and hairs growing out of its chin, it's still the greatest nation in the world. And even though this movie is a bit tropish, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek at places, it's certainly a little, uh, uh, you know, cliche, it's a great movie in the sense of what one person who believes in making people better than they think they can be, how that one person can affect so many lives, and that a person like a, a Gunny Highway can, I don't care if you call him old school, I don't care if you call him like, you know, out of date, out of touch, you need people like that. It's like the scene from A Few Good Men, as bad as Jack Nicholson's character was, you still need people on that wall, people who are willing to fight and defend and do the things that 90% of people won't do. And because of that, and because the movie is basically a vehicle for Clint Eastwood to show what a fucking awesome badass he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great movie, you know, and, and I love it. I love it for that reason. It's, it's in my top 20. We talked about that earlier this week because it makes you feel proud that there are people like that who are training the next generation of 
people who will defend our freedom and defend our nation and defend the world. I mean, we are the defenders of the world. We are the lone superpower right now, and we are still the one country that will send people to other lands to help them and not ask for anything in return. And that is just amazing. Right on. Yep. It is. And uh, one, a couple of observations, I think, for me. I This, to me, is just a fun movie to watch. It's You don't have to think. You know, it's not, yep. not a real deep movie. But there are some great lessons that come out of it. It also is a little bit of a different movie for Clint Eastwood. He's um, not Dirty Harry. He's not, um, you know, any of the other characters that he's played along the way. Uh, it's no, good, he's Batman. He, he's almost <laughs> Batman. Yes. And he is. He's, he's almost a bigger than life person. You see his flaws, um, but he's kind of a bigger than life person. And uh, I, I just, I, I like the movie all the way around. I mean, there are some glaring weaknesses, but for the most part, if you know, you make me a list of 10 movies and say which one you want, and this movie's on the list, I'm probably going to go with Heartbreak Ridge. Uh, and I do love, too, y- y'all alluded to this earlier, that there's some great mentions of um, some battles in history that are worth looking up and, and reading about. And uh, some of the stuff that the Marine Corps has done is, is just mind-boggling, uh, um, what you guys have done to to keep our country safe. And so this is to me a great movie to celebrate the Marine Corps and to celebrate the, the type of men that the Marine Corps looks to, to build. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I I mean, this is, it really is kind of a celebration. I find it ironic that so many of the Marine Corps brass didn't like this movie when it was made, but now it's revered or, or um, openly well, revered. Yeah, and in fact, they went from dis- disavowing this movie to now having, uh, you know, 89-year-old Clint Eastwood come on to to uh, Camp Pendleton and show um, one of one of his more recent movies he just did, and they 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 announced him as Gunny Highway, <laughs> and and to to cheer. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it was the Richard Jewell movie. He brought that movie to Camp Pendleton. And, and showed it for a bunch of Marines, and they said, hey, we're bringing back Gunny Highway, and he came out, and of course he talked about his affection for the Marine Corps and all that, and and yeah, I mean, it, it's just funny how it's, at the time it was maybe like, this is what we were hoping for, but it's exactly what <laughs> they needed. You know, it, it's a great movie. <laughs> do you guys got anything else at all you want to talk about, or would you like to do some plugs? Do you really want to open the door? <laughs> I, I think we have dominated your podcast sufficiently. Yeah. I was like, because this no, you know, guys, it's an open forum. Seriously. Thank you so much for continuing to stay in touch and love what you're doing. And I hope, I hope you continue to plug away at other Marine Corps movies and just spotlighting anything military related, because I just feel for whatever reason right now, maybe it's because it's 2020, maybe I'm letting too much of what's going on in the in the in the immediate now affect me. We need shows like this to remind us that there are people out there that there are an all volunteer force that are willing to do whatever it takes to bring freedom wherever they are called to bring it, whether it's here, whether it's on our shores or in a distant land, and that is something special and you guys are doing something to to revere and celebrate a tradition that started back in 1776. So thank you. Oh, no, thank you. And thank you for the kind words. And more importantly, thank you for coming. Seriously. 
Thanks yeah. for, for being on the hey, show. Hey, we really appreciate the invitation. Our pleasure. Yes, sir. Uh, but, but why don't, why don't yes. you know, you've talked us up. Let, talk up your own podcast. Let, let everybody know where they can find you guys because you guys got a great show for sure. All right. If, if you're done being patriotic and you want to get like really stupid, you come over to the Wilder ride because <laughs> we're, we're looking at the movies of Gene Wilder. And it just so happens two of the first movies we did were Mel Brooks movies. So there you go. We've got Young Frankenstein season one and we where we look at every single minute of that movie, one minute of, of that movie at a time. And then we break down what is still the greatest comedy of all time in my mind, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> and that was our season two. And this third season, we actually changed for a bit. We had a, we had a, uh, a couple of shifts in focus because of things that we could have, we had no control over. And we turned it into more of a talk show where we got the chance to bring some of our previous guests back, some other folks that we've met in our different career paths to uh, be on the show. We call it our listeners lounge, a chance for us to spotlight other folks for a little bit and still have a lot of fun, still try to have some, some laughs along the way. Uh, we are very big on having some entertainment you may learn a little you know you may learn a little bit along the way but it's about just having a good time and maybe forgetting about the woes of the world and if you can do that for 90 minutes to to two hours then we've done our job uh and we really appreciate anybody who takes the time to come in and listen to the wilder ride right on well and if you're yeah if you're looking to find us just find us on facebook uh facebook.com slash the wilder ride and you can find everything you need to know about us there all right, perfect. I uh, appreciate it, guys. And uh, you know, again, I'll say it again. Thanks for coming on. Um, if anybody wants to follow us, we're at the Marine Corps Movie Minute Quarter Deck page on Facebook. That's our private group. Also, if you want to go to um, Instagram, it's uh, Marine Corps Movie Minute Pod. And, of course, it's Friday, so please go to Movies by Minutes. Check out the other Movies by Minute podcasts and go take a look at The Wilder Ride. It's, I'd highly recommend it. And I just, you know, again, guys, thanks for coming. Really appreciate it. All right, Devil Dogs, let's take this fucking <laughs> podcast. Hoorah! I was going to go with the wee hours in the morning, but somebody already stole that. <laughs> but it was much better earlier. <laughs> Say what? There you go. Improvise, adapt, and overcome. That is 2020 to a T.